1: October 1st in Detroit and Michigan sports. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. I am your host every Monday as usual, Alex Sharg. To my left usually is a guy named David Fever. David will be back at the 7.30 half of the show today. He's working at Spartan Vision. He will be back. Uh, But if it is your first time tuning in, uh, let me show you how the show works. We usually start with MSU sports first, then we jump to local, that's your Detroit Tigers and Lions, we'll get to that later, and Red Wings and Pistons as well, and then we jump to national sports. We'll talk about Chad Johnson, we'll talk about all the national topics that you want to hear about later in the show. We have listeners all over the world, all the way from San Jose State University in California, even Miami, Florida, and Israel. We appreciate all those who tune in and support the Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. If it is your first time tuning in, this is how the show works. At the beginning of each week, we have a question of the week. And how it works is each week I ask a question at the Sports Wrap, David and I, and our future sports team that we will have in, in, in the coming weeks. But the question we ask, it's a trivial question, and if you get the question correct, you have a chance to win a free, uh, excuse me, not free, a gift certificate from Cosi. Cosi is a continued supporter of the impact in the Spartan Sports Rap. We appreciate their continued support, but if you want a chance to win a Kosey gift card, you need to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. again, at 89 FM sports wrap If you want to win and if you want to win a Cozy gift card, you need to tweet the answer if you know what it is. And every show we pick a number. It can be 2, it can be 8, it can be 7. It, it can be any number of our choice. We have a lot of different callers and tweeters that that answer the question during the show and one lucky winner. Whatever the number is, if it's the third caller or if it's the seventh tweeter, if you are that lucky winner then you have the chance to get that Cozy gift card. So, feel free to tweet at 89 FM Sports Rap or feel free to call in 517-432-3893 is the number as usual again 517-432-3893 if you know the question of the week and if you are wondering what it is it is on our Twitter page and it it is also on our on our Spartan Sports rap Facebook page but I will read the answer over the air and the question this week uh and before I get to the question of the week I would just like to let everybody know that our Chad Ocho Zero segment is now officially finished. Chad Johnson is not back in the news. The media outbreak is all gone. Evelyn Lozada is back to work. She is not talking about what has happened with with what has happened in all the recent weeks with him headbutting his wife with with him getting being cut from the team. All of this that the sports rep that David and I keep tweeting in and talking about on the show it 's all done because for the first week. It is official that Chad Johnson has not leaked through the media in a full week. For a full week, not one media, not one media outlet, not one journalist, no one has produced a piece about Chad Johnson. So for that, we at the Sports Trap are very thankful that it's all over. And we'll go, we're going to jump from Chad Johnson to Calvin Johnson. We'll get to that later in the show. But the, but the question of the week this week. How many shows or weeks ago was the premier Chad Ocho Zero segment on the Sports Wrap? If you know the answer to that question, so definitely go back into our podcast, listen to past shows, find out when the first time we premiered the Chad Ocho Zero segment on the Sports Wrap. If you know what that is, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap or call in 517-432-3893. Uh, also, at 710, we have our guest of the week, our special guest, and this week it's Jack Ebeling, uh former Lansing State Journal columnist. Uh, he's also had a lot of involvement with major major magazines and major news networks such as Sports Illustrated. Uh, we're going to get to Jack in, in about five minutes from now, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Also later in the show... We're talking MSU football at 7.20. We're going to talk a little bit about it with Jack Ebling, but we're going to touch on some more topics, and especially when David comes back, we'll talk about that 7.20, 7.30. At 7.35, we've got Detroit Tiger talk. Uh, Max Scherzer, obviously, with a big injury this past week. Miguel Cabrera chasing the Triple Crown, our beloved Tigers in first place. Can they hold it? We'll get to that at 7.35. At 7.45. Detroit Red Wing lockout talk. David, our hockey guy, is going to give his take and some recent news that has happened in the hockey world. And then at 7.55, we have our goon of the week. And I hate to say that this is a fellow MSU football player. So we're going to get to that and why this guy is a goon of the week at 7.55. But also, if it is your first time tuning in, of course, feel free to tweet or comment on our Facebook page, or call in on the show with anything you want to talk about, any suggestions on certain material that you want to hear over the air. So we have our Goon of the Week. Our Ocho Zero segment is gone. Uh, so very, very excited that Chad Johnson has not leaked in the media for one full week, and that means that we are done talking about Chad Johnson at the Sports Wrap. And I think it's about time. It's almost equivalent so when the Black Plague was was taking over the nation, this is the Black Plague being abolished. But this is the Chad Johnson segment being abolished. So we're very, very excited that this is all done, that Chad Johnson's avoiding the media. And if you have not heard in, in, in past weeks and if you have not really listened to the show, each week we talk about Chad Johnson, how much of a zero has he become, and basically what he has been doing in the news, he gets cut from the, from the Miami Dolphins, he headbutts his wife, he has a domestic abuse scandal, uh, he's taking anger management classes, uh, there's, he's, there's, uh, he attempts to get his wife back, he decides to not go through, well, Evelyn Lozada decides to not go through with the charges. a whole fiasco. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to our podcast. If you go to impact89fm.org, you can listen to all the podcasts that we have done in the past. But. Also, I want to talk about for a second, before we have Jack Ebling on, uh, our man Elmo, all the way from Detroit, he calls in usually at the end of the show, Uh, he's going to give his take on the Detroit Lions' recent loss, uh, again, to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, It's been two weeks now, uh, two weeks that the Lions just could not pull it together. Uh, There's a lot going on with that team, a lot of talk right now going on in the world. And the Jets actually, before we get, we'll get to this later, but the New York Jets, sign x ex- lions cornerback Aaron Barry and that's probably expected considering they did lose Darrell Revis Aaron Barry now going to the Jets. They are frankly in terms of record uh they they're not, you know, they're not really what people expected to start off the year, but it looks like they're going to get a little bit of a boost from Aaron Barry obviously. The Lions had a lot of issues with this guy being arrested twice over the summer, led to him being caught and just really not producing what they expected. So obviously there's a lot of talk going on right now with that guy and this New York Jets organization, hiring a guy who's gotten two DUIs, you know, getting the guy on the team to replace Darrell Revis. Obviously it's a big pickup for them, but we'll get to that later in the show as well. But to talk to, you know to cap you know, to start off the show, we've got Jack Ebling coming on within the next few minutes here at the Sports Rap. Uh, cannot wait to have him on the show if it is your first time tuning in. If you do not know much about Jack. Jack is a former English teacher and coach has spent almost a quarter century with the Lansing State Journal. He's won 21 major writing awards. He's also been uh, in national publications like Sporting News, Basketball Times, uh, College of Basketball and Sports Illustrated. So this is a guy I'm very excited to have on the show. Jack and I also in the press box together a lot. Uh, But I'm very excited to have Jack. Uh, He also recently wrote a new book called Heart of a Spartan. It's his seventh book. Uh, He talks about basically the climb of MSU football, starting all the way from D'Antonio all the way up. So very excited to have him here. Uh, But also, we're going to talk to to Jack a little bit about what happened in that 17-16 loss against Ohio State. Uh, It was quite the loss this weekend. Uh, The MSU Spartans looking to gain a lot of what they went through back again And really, it did just not pay off for this MSU Spartan team. A lot going on with the receivers, a lot going on with the O line, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But I'm very pleased because Jack Ebling is finally joining us here on the Sports Wrap. Jack, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, So much to talk about with this wild weekend, especially with the loss against Ohio State on Saturday. Uh, But to start off, Jack, uh, first, great to have you, of course. And second, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your Heart of the Spartan book, uh, what basically you were trying to accomplish, and, and, and basically how you got to the pieces that you wrote.
2: Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, this is a story of Michigan State football, especially the last two seasons. The forward by Tom Izzo, a historical section. Right. Uh, told through the eyes of 33 of the greatest players in school history, and then behind the scenes, a week-by-week look at the last two seasons. And tremendous photography, and uh, Matthew Mitchell did a great job on that. Mm. 288 pages. It's uh, 12 by 12 and weighs 4.5 pounds. And if you don't like it, you can always hit a Wolverine in the head with it.
1: <laughs> hey, that's right. I think a lot of people after this weekend are feeling about that. But hey, Jack, I got to ask was it difficult to pick the 33 quote unquote best players in MSU history? How did you come up in deciding those 33?
2: Yeah, we didn't pick the 33 greatest, we picked 33 of the greatest. Oh, okay. And so it isn't a matter of us ranking them. and uh, But we, we did have vignettes from a lot of the All-Americans, guys who went on and contended for Heisman Trophy or led the team to championships, but they're all iconic figures, mm-hmm. uh, players that people uh, around Michigan State would remember if they were watching football from that era or they've heard about or read about and kind of tell us the historical story. So if anyone is interested in that, uh, makes a great Christmas gift or a companion to uh, maybe make you a little smarter than everyone else at your tailgate. <laughs> and you can go online and and take a look at it. You can go to heart of a Spartan book, heart of a dot com and uh, it's available at all Meyer stores, SBS, the Spartan bookstore on campus, Schuler, Barnes and Noble, and of course available online and we're happy to personalize it if you want to give it as a as a holiday gift.
1: All right, very good. And of course, you do have a couple of signings coming up in a few weeks. I know it's on your website. Um, but with that signing, I got to ask: Is there anyone that's been a really big encouragement for you on the way in writing this literature, or was it a certain someone, or, or what what kind of encouraged you, you know, to really delve into you know building up of this Spartan glory that Mark Antonio's been going through?
2: Well, I've been around a while. I was a freshman at Michigan State in 1969, mm-hmm. and uh, other than three years when I was teaching and coaching in Lapeer, I've been here ever since. So right. I certainly uh, saw a, a lot of Michigan State football, the good and the bad, and uh, it was the little Giants game a couple of years ago, and after that game, I was driving home, and I said, there's something different about this program. Uh, I didn't know that Mark D'Antonio had, had a heart attack at that point, but <laughs> I said, this is not your father's uh, Michigan State. So. The more we got into it, we decided we were going to go ahead and, and chronicle that throughout the season. And um, then I got to the bowl game, and I had a little health problem. And, and so I did not go down to the bowl game. My assistant, Andrea Nelson, did. And, um, of course, they lost to Alabama 49-7. to 7. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is exactly what people want to read. So uh, I was at the first basketball game. Uh, 2011, and a uh, guy came up to me in the press room and said, Hey, Nickel, uh... Are your cousins here. And I said, Cousins, what are my cousins doing here? And I went out, of course, it was Kirk Cousins. And uh, he said, Hey, I want to apologize to you. I said, Apologize for what? He said, For messing up the end of your book. And so uh, he said, Hey, you know what? I just want you to know that we've got all these guys coming back, and next year we're finally going to win a bowl game. And, to beat Michigan a fifth straight time and be in the first big Ten championship game mm-hmm. and uh, he was three for three I should have should have asked him if he was going go to go the Rose Bowl too uh, but, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> but uh it was uh it was an amazing ending to the season they were down 16 nothing as you remember uh, against a, a great Georgia team uh, that was a runner-up in the SEC and uh, it looked like uh, things were going to go down the same path and then they come back with 33 points after halftime
1: Right, right. Uh, so, Jack, yeah, obviously, you know, a lot of encouragement from writing that book. Uh, what is the most unique feature or piece of information that readers or fans should look at? And even yourself, someone that has written the book himself, a little biased, some might say, but uh, what is one really cool piece that you really delved into?
2: Well, I think the story of Michigan State getting into the Big Ten, the role that Notre Dame played, uh, I would say that's very, very important. How John Hannah and out, Fox, some of the competition, including Michigan. Yeah, uh, I would say that uh, Michigan State's role in integration of college football and what it meant to the guys from the 65 and 66 teams, uh, Michigan State's fifth and sixth national titles, uh, the fact that they were able to really change the face of college football, uh, that's very important. And I think some of the behind-the-scenes things about the coaches that Michigan State nearly got. You'd be amazed at uh, some of the coaches who nearly showed up in East Lansing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, For those of you just tuning in, we have Jack Ebling talking about his recent book, Heart of a Spartan. Uh, You can get that at Meyer store, also SBS to name a few. But what better to have a guy who knows the MSU football team inside out talk about what has happened this past weekend, what has gone on so far this year with this team. Uh, So Jack, just to start, uh, we've seen these receivers week in and week out, really just cannot get anything done. Uh, why didn't D'Anthony Arnett play too much? He Some thought really he's in the doghouse right now. Uh, uh, who really is the answer at that receiver position, and, and what really did you see?
2: Well, D'Anthony Arnett obviously is not uh, the best guy at that position right now or he'd be playing. The coaches don't sit there and say, well, I, I don't like the way uh, this guy wears his hair, so we're not going to play him this week. I mean, they're watching practice. We don't see that. And they're looking at the guys they think can help him win, whether he's dropping passes or he's running the wrong routes or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or they feel more confident in someone else is a blocker. That's very important in Michigan State system. For whatever reason, De'Anthony Arnett is not in the top four receivers at this point. Right. And that comes as a great surprise to some people who saw that he caught 20-some balls at Tennessee and he would come right in and be a whiz. It doesn't work that way. So, Yeah. I... Obviously. They've had a lot of problems at receiver. They've had a lot of drop passes. Mm -hmm. There was uh, some slight improvement Uh, Saturday. Certainly Keith Mumphrey made a a highlight play for Michigan State's touchdown. But uh, they still have a lot of work to do, and they're going to have to get better for Michigan State to reach its potential.
1: Sure. Now, obviously with the receivers, that comes the things with with Andrew Maxwell that people have been preaching. Uh, To start the year, guys were saying that this was Kirk Cousins when he started years ago. Uh, What have you seen with his progression? Is he only going to get better from here? It seems that in recent games, he really hasn't had it going.
2: Are you talking about Andrew Maxwell?
1: Andrew Maxwell, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think he had a real rough start against Boise State through three interceptions in the first half. Uh, One of them was uh, a drop by Tony Lippett that was uh, grabbed in midair. That wasn't Maxwell's fault. Another one, he threw the ball a hair hard that went off Larry Capers' hands and I don't know how much you can blame him for that. Maybe some. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the third one was a horrible throw, and he'd love to have that one back. He had a wide open receiver, and and uh, just threw it behind him. But other than that, uh, you know, he hasn't thrown an interception in eighteen quarters. Think about that.
1: Yeah. Wow. See, eighteen quarters.
2: He hasn't thrown an interception, and I know some guys in this league who've thrown four in a row. hmm So, uh, you know, he's getting better. Uh, I don't think he's been the reason that they've lost either game. I think the offensive line has not uh, been what people thought it would be for a variety of reasons. Now they have three projected starters out with injuries. That's 60% of your offensive line. Uh, they do have some depth there. They've had some other guys come in. Skyler Berklin's come back. Jack Allen has come in. And uh, now they have Ethan Ruland starting at center. So mm-hmm. they're going to need all that depth and more, but they have not really – moved the pile on the line of scrimmage. Even in the first game with Le'Veon Bell, I thought that uh, he got a lot of that on his own. Sure. Um, Against Notre Dame and against Ohio State, I thought they lost the battle on the line of scrimmage. So they need to get better in that department, and uh, they need to catch the balls that are thrown to them. They can't have drops. This team does not have that big of a margin of error offensively.
1: For those of you just tuning in, Heart of a Spartan author and former LSJ columnist, Jack Ebling with us on the Spartan Sport Trap. If you have a question for Jack, if you want to get on the show, feel free to call in 517 432 3893. Again, 517 432 3893. Or you could tweet at 89FM Sport Trap if you have a question for Jack, a comment on this MSU football team. Uh, so, Jack, you did mention that Ethan Ruland did fill in on that offensive line. A lot of problems there. Well, now with Travis Jackson out, uh, how big of the effect is this on, on what the projected outcome we'll have on this team this year. Is is Travis Jackson really that piece that's really going to hurt them a lot, or was it more when Fofinuti went out originally?
2: Well, I think there are a lot of things that are uh, kind of in it together. It's all interwoven. And when you lose your starting center, I mean, he was your starting center for a reason. He's the best starter you had in the program, uh, the best center you had. And he was a leader. He started last year. So uh, his loss will be felt, and he'll be missed. But whether that's a death blow, I don't think it is necessarily. I still think Michigan State has the potential to be playing in the Rose Bowl. And after Saturday, everyone walks out of the stadium, and now suddenly no one's any good. When you lose a one point game to a team that is athletically gifted as Ohio State, it's not a moral victory, it's a defeat. But it's something you can look at and say, all right, if they're the highest ranked Big Ten team and and they've already been played, who else is on the schedule? I think Michigan State gets a break by not playing Purdue, As not as that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I've said since the spring that I thought Michigan State and Purdue would be playing in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game, and I'm not ready to go away from that yet. Mm-hmm. I think what the Spartans have to do is take care of business the next two weeks at Indiana and against Iowa, yeah. and then they have to win their home games down the stretch, uh, and they have to beat Michigan. Yeah, uh, That means they can lose another game somewhere. I would think that if they finish 6-2 and two in the Big Ten, but they beat Michigan, they beat Nebraska, and they beat Northwestern, they would win the tiebreakers, and, and they would be the team that would be advancing to Indy, and of course, Ohio State and Penn State are ineligible. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not a bad year to be decent in the Big Ten, and if you can put it together at this point, as long as you have the defense Michigan State has, mm-hmm and the defense hasn't been as good as it can be yet. But uh, as long as you have that kind of defense, you have a chance. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State, you have to remember, in some of these games, it's, it's one play, it's one snap, it might be one call. Uh, certainly Saturday again, for the fifth straight week, Michigan State missed a field goal. <laughs> two, two years ago, Michigan State missed one field goal all year. Wow. So if uh, that field goal goes through, now suddenly you've got a totally different game and, and maybe Michigan State is your winner, 19-17. to 17. You've also got a situation in in uh, the fourth quarter where Michigan State recovers a fumble. Yeah. And it, it looked very much like Curtis Drummond was on a clear path to the end zone. He said yeah. he, he knew he was going to score a touchdown, mm-hmm. but the official blew the whistle and said it was not a fumble. Well, Fortunately, they have replay, so they can get these kinds of things right now. And uh, they reversed it and gave Michigan State the ball, but they had blown the play dead. So his touchdown return didn't count. Michigan State went on and got a field goal, but they lost four points in a one-point game.
1: Right. Now, and you said, like, that defense, a lot can happen with that defense this year. And obviously, we've had a lot of close games. One play can really change everything. Uh, was Braxton Miller really just that good last game, or, or what did you see? Was it uh, a couple cornerback long balls that were missed on defense? Was it more of the the front seven not getting enough push?
2: Well, it was a lot of things. As always is the case, it's very seldom one thing or one person. Braxton Miller was terrific. Uh, I wrote in my column for Sunday for 24-7 Sports that I didn't think Michigan State could have tackled him in a portage on. <laughs> uh, they were just, uh, he was just too elusive, I mean, it's like trying to pin Earl Robinson down. When he the <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Very
1: difficult. You know? Yeah, I can agree. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, they were in a situation where he was uh, on top of his game, threw a fantastic pass, couldn't have placed the ball any better on their touchdown pass. And uh, Johnny Adams uh, got beat. He's been beat a few other times this year. He gave up a touchdown to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a couple of other plays, one against Boise State. That uh, could have given Boise State a win. It was just overthrown. There was a drop ball uh, in the Eastern Michigan game that, believe it or not, would have put Eastern Michigan ahead 14-9 to uh, had that been caught. So uh, Michigan State does need to tighten up the back end and uh, play a little bit better against the deep ball. But I think that that also involves uh, a better pass rush. Yeah. And right now Michigan State is getting pressure but not sacks. They are altering some throws, but not as many as you would like. And I think they really miss some guys from last year. It's very clear now how good those guys were and how special uh, that team was. The fact that Keyshawn Martin and Jarrell Worthy, the two guys that they seem to miss the most, uh, are in the NFL and contributing and playing yesterday tells you a lot. Uh, Yeah, Keyshawn Martin is a a game-breaker as a receiver. He can make guys miss. He's also an electric return man. And Jarrell Worthy changed a lot of things up front because uh, you had to double-team him, and that freed up some other guys on the edge and and for blitzes. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the guys they have up there are okay. It's not like they're bad players. But right now they're not difference-makers, and Jarrell Worthy was a difference-maker on defense, and Keyshawn Martin was whenever he touched
1: the ball. Absolutely. For those of you just tuning in, we do have Jack Ebling, author of Heart of a Spartan, also former LSJ columnist. And what he did write in that 24-7 column uh, was very interesting how tough it was to bring bring down Braxton Miller. So you had your overall assessment so far these last couple games. Uh, What's your projected finish in the Big Ten? Do they beat Michigan at home, Jack? Uh, Do you see them losing maybe a tough game on the road?
2: I said I thought that uh, they would lose to Ohio State and uh, they would lose another game along the way, could very well be at Michigan, yeah, uh, but uh, I thought that they would beat uh, enough teams to finish with two conference losses, and I said if they could go six and two in the league and they could could beat Nebraska, I didn't know Northwestern was going to be as good as it as it apparently is. They yeah, seem to yeah. have found some some magic there at quarterback, but uh, if they can do what they need to do, they still have a great chance to be the Legends Division representative. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be difficult to win in Ann Arbor. It's uh, something that Michigan now has been waiting for. They have a countdown clock to the Michigan (laughs) State game, just the way they did to Ohio State. They started to take Michigan State a little more seriously. So Mm -hmm. if Michigan State can win this year and make it five in a row in Ann Arbor, that is really a statement game. I think Michigan State has a great chance to uh, be 6-2 in this conference. Uh, And if it can do that, and finish nine and three in a regular season, uh, go on to Indianapolis, and in a bowl game, it has a chance to have a third straight double-digit win season. And if it can somehow get up to eleven, uh, it's going to have the winningest three-year stretch of any team in football, college or professional, in the history of the state of Michigan.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Let's hope they can pull out those wins, Jack. Before you go, last question here. Uh, this is from Jonathan Yales. He's also a member of the Sports rep team. He does have a question for you. Uh, with the Midnight Madness scheduled for October twelfth, uh, what are you looking for this basketball season? Where do you see them finishing? Uh, with Tom Izzo, obviously, all the off-season issues they've ha- they've had so far with, uh, again, misdemeanors, DUIs, things of that nature. Uh, how do you see them finishing this year?
2: I think they have a, a very good team. I think they have a tremendous nucleus of young players coming in. Uh, last year's freshman, uh, Brandon Dawson, seems to be well on the road to recovery yeah. after the ACL tear. I mean, you're talking about uh, a program that uh, won the Big Ten championship, shared the regular season title, won the Big Ten tournament, basically loses Drayvon Green and, and Austin Thornton, but gets some, some very good freshmen coming in. Uh, I think you're going to see Derek Nix and uh, Adrian Payne they have uh, better years. You'll be very impressed by the freshmen, but they're playing in a league that's every bit as tough in basketball as it is soft in football. Yeah. And I think you're going to find Indiana is my choice to win the national
1: championship. Oh, national Uh, championship. National championship. Wow. But
2: you're also going to find uh, uh, some other teams will be very tough to beat. Ohio State will be tough to beat. Mm -hmm. I think Minnesota is is the dark horse. Minnesota is the team that – People are going to watch. You've got Trevor Bakway back, a lot of other guys there. And so I, I would say watch Minnesota as a potential top three finisher. Uh, Ohio State, I mentioned. Uh, a lot of people think Michigan is going to be very good. Mm-hmm. So it'll be competitive. There'll be six teams that will be able to compete against anyone in the nation. And uh, it's going to be very tough to crack the top three. Winning a championship would be a tremendous achievement. And a lot depends on scheduling. Michigan State has a difficult schedule. Didn't get any breaks on buys uh, in teams that you only play once. So that'll be tough, and a lot depends on how fast the young guys grow
1: up. Absolutely. So, hey, very bold prediction. Indiana National Champs. We'll see how that plays out throughout the year. Jack... Thanks again so much for coming on the Sports Wrap today. I appreciate it. And for those of you tuning in, Jack, obviously with his new book, Heart of a Spartan, you can purchase that at my or SBS or other stores. Jack, thanks so much for for joining me on the show today. Uh, I liked what you had to say a lot about that MSU football team. All
2: right. Take care, Alex. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, talk to you soon, Jack. All right. Bye. Alright, so for those of you just tuning in as well, we do have our traditional question of the week. For those of you who do not know what that is exactly, the Sports Rep asked a question. And if you know the correct answer, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or feel free to call in 517 432 If you get the question of the week correctly, you have a chance to win a COSI gift certificate courtesy of COSI, uh for... The cozy obviously, a continued supporter of the Impact Spartan Sports Wrap. We appreciate their continued support. Uh, but if you know the answer to our question of the week, it's on our Twitter page on Facebook. The question this week, uh, it's a little bit of a toughie. You're going to have to do your research. You're going to have to go back through the through the podcast at the Spartan Sports Rap. You can find the podcast on impact89fm.org. Or if you've been listening for quite a while, you may not need to go back and really do your research. But really, the question this week, uh, it's a little bit of a toughie, like I said. How many shows or weeks ago, you can do either one. uh, How many shows weeks ago was the premiere Chad Ocho Zero segment on the Sports Rap? When did we create the Chad Ocho Zero segment? If you know the answer, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or call in. Uh, For those of you tuning in, you're listening to the Spartan Sports Rap Rap on Impact 89FM. We're going to jump to a quick quick break here. This is 88.9 WDBM, East Lansing.
0: You're listening to
1: Impact Exposure.
0: word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. The Impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny! That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tappingest tapping music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. What, sir? I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, Private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10 on I'm- The
1: Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
2: Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m.
0: Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area.
1: Only on Impact
2: Primetime.
0: Now back to
1: Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Rad. This is eighty eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. I'm your host Alex Sharg. David the Fever, my co-host, usually to my left. He should be joining us within the next few minutes. So we're very excited to get David on the show. He'll be talking a little bit about hockey and the lockout later in the show. I do want to give another thanks to Jack Ebling for those of you just tuning in. Jack Ebling. Uh, author of Heart of a Spartan, also former former Lansing State Journal columnist and writer, has contributed to publications at Sports Illustrated, uh, also a 24-7 columnist as well. So we appreciate Jack for coming on the show. He had some good insight on this football team, what we've seen at receiver, what we've seen on the offensive line, the injuries to Travis Jackson and company. So uh, basically, Jack, you know, he's still got some hopes on this team. He said that, you know, there really isn't a Big Ten clear clear uh, clear divisional leader at this point, leader or legends division. So if Michigan State comes in the Big Ten, they win the rest of their games. Rose Bowl is not out of the possibility. So if you know the answer to our question of the week as well, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or call in 517-432-3893. Uh, so basically for those of you who uh, did not catch the game, Michigan State dropping one to Ohio State 17-16, Le'Veon Bell, Uh, coming in as the third leading rusher in the nation. He was the third leading rusher coming into the Ohio State game on Saturday. Uh, Held not to that many yards at all. Uh, He only racked up about 47 for the day, net yards. Uh, He also had a a series of different carries, but Andrew Maxwell just really could not get it done. When it came to the receivers, the throwing and the catching, uh, it just really wasn't clicking for this team. Uh, Jack talked about it earlier. Uh, There really isn't a clear answer. Uh, De'Anthony Arnett, obviously, not getting the playing time that many people thought he would have, uh, but there has been some people stepping up. Keith Mumphrey, at receiver, had a nice highlight catch of the game. Uh, of course, Benny Fowler dropping a couple catches, but um, he did rack up some yards for the game. Uh, there are some receivers there. It's not that Keyshawn Martin's gone and this team's just going to flop. There's nothing against that, but what is interesting about it is that with the way that the offense has not been producing, the defense going from not letting away well, really, not allowing, allowing any points. The first two games, and now their defense is having a couple issues. Uh coaches that came out and said that they expect a lot out of this, out of this defense. This defense, obviously, throughout the year, is going to keep them in a lot of different games. But the hardest part about it is that, with, with the high expectations that many of the coaches, fans, and players have for their, for their defensive front, in recent weeks, there's been a lot of different struggles. Uh, it's come from all sides of the ball with with what many people thought were the best corners in the country. And Johnny Adams and Darquiz Denard, uh, you know, when it, when they played Notre Dame, they let up a lot of big balls down the field. They let up a lot of deep ball plays that led to some touchdowns. Uh, obviously, that had to do with the offense not getting it done either. But with this, this kind of team, a new quarterback, it's hard to replace Kirk Cousins. Uh, They have a lot of work to do, so really we're going to get David's impact on it later in the show, but we are opening up to callers. If you want to talk about Michigan State, feel free to call in, 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. If you want to talk about MSU football, if you know our question of the week, any of the above topics, just feel free to call in. We are taking callers at this time. But I do want to talk about that game, not only the fact that they really could not get it done, but... There was a recent news update that came out today. Uh, this came from Detroit Free Press sports writer Joe Rexrode. The Ohio State University and basically Urban Meyer talking about it in his news conference that OSU has turned in a video to the Big Ten conference uh, about Michigan State offensive linemen. There are two of them at the play. They sent in basically a clip of what appeared to be a, uh, an eye-poking uh, this was two offensive linemen. They really could not differ who it was. It could have been both of them. Uh, two MSU offensive linemen. Uh, the guys were Jack Allen and, and then Travis Jackson, who obviously uh, just recently was injured, now out for many parts of the year. Uh, but Jack Allen and Travis Jackson, in this little clip, they show the two of them poking out Jonathan Hankins' eyes during the play. Uh, they they reach into Hankins' face mask. Uh, it, it was not clear which arm it was. It could have been Jackson's, could have been Allen. Uh, there's actually a video on YouTube. You can find it online of the incident. And also, you can go to the Freak.com article where they talk about it. But it's interesting. It, it, it really is unclear whether it, it was an eye-poking, whether it was Jack Allen or Travis Jackson. It could have just been some pushing. It's not really that clear. The Big Ten, obviously, is going to look at it, but... We'll wait to see what kind of punishment goes from here. Uh, it's, it's unclear whether you know, it was after the play, it's after the game. Does that really count? And, and you know, relaying some kind of punishment on that team. Uh, but I do want to ask the listeners, and feel free to tweet or call in about any topic during the show, especially this one. Was it over the top uh, for Ohio State to really send it to the Big Ten Conference? They did win the game. It was one little incident, obviously. If Ndamukong Sue stomped someone's helmet and really stomps a guy into the ground. That's one thing. Uh, but eye-poking, uh, it's not as injury-prone, of course. I mean, if some particles get in the eye, you get, you know, uh, you, know you, you have some kind of eye injury in the cornea. What if you scratch your cornea? If it gets in, you have a sty in your eye from some dirt and materials. Yeah, that's one thing. But I think that if it's a broken, a broken leg, a broken arm, if you're straining a muscle, uh, I guess, yeah, if, if it's a damaged cornea, sure, you can't see. You might be out a couple games, but... If it's as much as stopping a guy into the ground, maybe breaking his nose, or, or maybe if it was even back years ago, we're going get, to get, gonna get into some national sports. What about the Oakland Raider linebacker who would spit into people's faces? Uh, you know, we've seen all kinds of different, you know, different theories and, and, and effects of, of what some, after, you know, after the play, after the whistle is blown, what some kind of action will have on the opposing team. So what I want to ask the listeners, feel free to call in, of course, what kind of effect will will this punishment have on the team and what kind of effect will it have uh, in the Big Ten conference? Uh, does the Big Ten conference, are they looked along with the Detroit Lions as, you know, there's some rough guys in that conference. So obviously there's a lot of criticism going on, uh, but I ask the listeners, feel free to call in. Uh, we're still waiting on David the Fever to get back into the studio, so uh, if you want to comment on this MSU football issue and the eye-poking scandal that appeared to be from Jack Allen or Travis Jackson, uh, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Again, it's 517-432-3893, uh, and if you are just tuning in, we did have... Off uh, Heart of a Spartan author Jack Ebling, and also former LSJ Lansing State Journal columnist and writer. He's been on a, a plethora of different uh, news organizations and sites. So we appreciate Jack coming on the show today, as usual, our special guest of the week. And finally, if you're just tuning in as well, the Chat Out Show Zero segment is finished. It's great news. I'm finally so elated myself that we do not have to keep going on with weeks and weeks and weeks of Chad Johnson, how much he's turned into a zero. I started at the beginning. I said it. As soon as Chad Ocho Zero stops, as soon as the media, as soon as he starts, you know, really, until he stops making a scene, I will stop talking about Chad Ocho Zero. So, Chad Ocho Zero, you're done, buddy. Congratulations. You know, fly the coop now. You're out of the media scandal for right now but don't come back cuz i will i swear i swear i will i will come back here and talk about you know what's going on with Chad Ocho-Cero again so you know this is a very joyful day i'm shouting with glee i hope you're all you all the listeners are happy as well but with chad johnson comes calvin johnson uh you know very similar guys uh calvin johnson obviously with that last lions game uh, a lot going on with him right now uh there's a lot of criticism we're going to talk about some lions here for a second you can also comment feel free to call in or comment on the Twitter page. Uh Chad Johnson obviously getting a big hit and the Minnesota 20 to 13 win over the Detroit Lions. Uh Chad Greenway, uh he he's expecting to be he's expecting to be fine for the Calvin Johnson hit. Uh his shoulder pad hit him in the head. So obviously it was an unnecessary roughness penalty, but uh Chad Greenway did come out And he says that he tried to pull up. He did not want to hit Chad Johnson. Uh, This is according to SB Nation from uh, Minnesota. Uh, But he came out and said this, quote, I don't want to hurt Calvin. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm thinking he's going to catch that ball 99% of the time. He didn't that time. So when I try to go break the ball up, my pad, it's clear on the tape. It hits his head. What are you going to do? They're going to throw the flag and I'm probably going to get assessed a fine. But my intent was not to hurt him. End quote. So Chad Greenway, obviously, he knows the effects of these kind of penalties. We've seen many fines throughout, you know, years of football. You know, we've seen it from, you know, we've seen them from Darrell Rebus. We've seen them from the hard hits of the Baltimore Ravens defense. So we've seen it in many other national teams. So obviously, besides the leak of Detroit, it really doesn't stop here. So if you want to comment on the issue, do you think that he should get a fine? Was this hit worthy enough to issue a fine from Chad Greenway? Feel free to call in 517-432-3893 is the number. Uh, feel free to tweet as well, at 89FM Sports Rap, if you know our question of the week, uh, which is, when was the last time... Uh, that we premiered the Chad Ocho0 segment. So if you go to our Sports Rap podcast, if you go to impact89fm.org, you can potentially find when the last time we started our Chad Ocho0 segment. If you click on a if you click on a if you click on a prior podcast, listen within the next couple minutes. Usually we talk about it at the, at the start of the show. You can find it pretty quickly. So don't think it's too far out of reach. It's very possible uh, that you can win A Kosey gift card, Uh, I can't really say what it is and what it entitles, how much money, but it's definitely something worth your while. We appreciate the Sports Rat, Kosi's continued support, and of course, Peter Pitt, who we've had in past weeks as well. Uh, Many more to come throughout the show in recent weeks. We do have a a variety of different special guests that come on each week. Uh, We also do have uh, a goon of the week every week, which we're going to get to in about 10 minutes or so. Uh so there's obviously a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about uh if for those of you just tuning in, I did mention this at the start of the show uh with the Lions losing twenty to thirteen. There is some news coming out today. This happened actually uh, about four and a half hours ago. uh the New York Jets signed the ex Lions cornerback Aaron Barry uh that's obviously after losing Darrell Revis. uh he's now out for a very long time, likely out for the rest of the season. Uh, not confirmed yet, but you know Barry obviously signed in Detroit. Uh, he that was back in 2010 uh he started three games uh he also you know dealt with the DUI suspicion of a DUI on June 23rd this summer failure to stop uh render aid from an accident um other other counts that were really uh did affect him as well but uh it's it's hard to say if it, it's a good feeling or bad feeling uh frankly I don't really care that Aaron Barry is signing with the Jets but We've seen it before, we've seen it again. We've seen it with the Detroit Pistons, we've seen it with the Detroit Lions, we've seen it with Brandon Inge. Brandon Inge, Brandon Inge goes to Oakland, hits two grand slams his first two weeks. Ridiculous. What if Aaron Barry were to go to the New York Jets? He has an all-pro season. It could happen. Obviously, it's not out of the question. The Lions did find some potential in Aaron Barry. Uh, this guy, obviously, drafted out of Pittsburgh. He's not too old. Uh, he still has a lot of time left in the league. So it's really interesting to see what's going to happen with Aaron Barry. Uh, predictions for Aaron Barry. If you have a prediction, if you know our question of the week, of course, when was the last time we started the Ocho Zero segment, you can scroll down to our podcast. Feel free to call in, 517 432 3893 again 517-432-3893 but I do want to get to our favorite part of the show this is Elmo's world this is when our man Elmo from Detroit calls in he gives his take on the Detroit Lions team a little bit about the Detroit Tigers Elmo great to have you on the show I'm sure you've been watching a lot of Detroit Lion football a lot of Detroit Tiger baseball uh, I do want to start Elmo I want to talk about that the the hit from Chad Greenway on Chad Johnson uh excuse me chad greenway on calvin johnson did you see that hit elmo uh what did you really experience from watching that do you think that they should find chad greenway uh be
3: yeah, honest you alex i didn't even see that, that play
1: i missed that play oh uh, it's okay elmo but hey listen you saw the game uh, you saw another lion loss a lot of pro football games obviously going on as well but uh who do you like in that division uh, is it a Detroit Lion first place? Are they going to come out after the season and start winning, or or what do you really see from this team?
3: Well, I, I'm a firm believer, and I stress this to everybody on and on over and over again that the Lions' the offensive line is it, is a big, big uh, downplay. They they people think their their offensive line is good, but they're not. They're old. They're banged up. They don't open the holes for the running game at all. Uh, it's it's not gonna. They're not gonna make it to the playoffs or the Super Bowl with an offensive line like they got.
1: Okay, fair enough, Elmo. So obviously that offensive line a big problem. Uh, what about at the cornerback position? Uh, we saw Bill Bentley, very very frustrating. He cannot play an island in coverage. Uh, they put him in that position. A lot of long pass interference penalties on the guy. Uh, obviously, with quarterback, there's obviously questions about Matthew Stafford. Is he really the guy? Do you want to see Sean Hill play?
3: Yeah, you know, you got to go with Stafford. Uh, I, th- I think the problem is is not really, we all know that the quarterback, the safety, the secondary is is really hurting right now. But we're forgetting the fact that the, the defensive line is not making that many sacks. They're not putting that much pressure on the quarterback. Right. And last year, when they were doing that, that that caused a lot of interceptions. Our safeties, and our quarterbacks, stuff like all pros. But when our defensive line is not playing to what they're capable of, you, know, you don't hear much about Sue and his pressure. Right. They're double-teaming him, you're going to still have problems with the secondary because they're getting too much time to throw.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. A lot of time and too much time to throw. Of course, uh, you know we saw, we saw that loss to Minnesota. Elmo, uh, did you catch the Michigan State game this past weekend as well?
3: No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So they came out
1: with the win. I mean, excuse me, they came out with the loss. They lost 17 16, Ohio State.
3: You know what? I'm not too surprised that they lost because I think Ohio State is very really underrated. Uh, their quarterback is a Heisman Trophy candidate. Wow. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of potential. He's, he could run, he can throw. He's strong, he's tall, big. So I think you're going to see a lot of Ohio State upsetting a lot of teams this year.
1: All right, very good. Now we saw the Detroit Tigers, Elmo, climbing back into first place. Many people cannot believe their eyes that as bad as this team has been playing this season, they are still able to pull out a first place, end of the season finish. We'll see really what happens from here. But, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts now on this team? Obviously with Scherzer out right now, that's a big issue. Uh, Is this team really going to climb in and and really get things done when it comes to the playoff crunch?
3: We're back, Alex. We're back. The Tigers are back. Uh, the problem, I think the only issue we're going to have is our bullpen. I think our starting rotation is probably one of the best rotations in baseball. Uh, I just think that uh, with Papa Verde and uh, Benoit, yeah, that's a little scary to me. <laughs> All
1: right, Elmo. Elmo, I appreciate you calling in, giving your take on Lions and Tigers and Red Wings, oh my. But Elmo, I, can't great...
3: I can't wait to call back next week.
1: All right, Elmo. Very good. Thanks for calling in as usual. Take care. Take care. Bye, Elmo. So we also have David the Fever finally getting in the studio from Spartan Vision to my left. It's great to have David in the station as well. But before we talk to David, uh, we did have a caller. I did not get to you uh, when you did just call in. So feel free to call back, 517-432-3893. We are open line. So if you do want to call in, comment on anything during the show, feel free to call in as well. But David... Uh, we just got done talking a little bit about MSU football, a little bit about this Detroit Lions team—a tough week to be, uh, you know, a Detroit fan—but our yes. Tigers are back in first. Yeah, our, they have wowed us once again. Wowed us once again. I, I wouldn't even call it wowed. Yeah, they, uh, just
4: Chicago giving it back to us. Yeah, <laughs>
1: really, just really, just handing us the first place title. But hey, David, uh, I talked to Jack Ebling earlier about MSU football, basically what he's been seeing with this team, uh, about the injuries that Travis Jackson, for Uh, We're going to get to our Goon of the Week in a second here, Uh, but to close out the show, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wing lockout, everything that's going on, starting to cancel games. Uh, uh, Why don't you give the listeners a little lowdown on what you've seen, some breaking news coming in hockey.
4: Um, Preseason's canceled. Um, Rumors have it that they might cancel the Winter Classic on November 1st if the deal doesn't pan out, but... That is just up in the air. Um, the NHLPA and the NHL um, have been talking recently. They've been having a couple of meetings over the, cast, the past couple days, but they still haven't come to agreement. Um, you see a lot of teams and their players. They're signing overseas in like Russia, the KHL, uh, Datsuk's in Russia. their Yammer Yamer Yagers over in Czechos, in the Czech Republic. I mean, and the Red Wings actually sent down 21 of their guys. Wow, to
1: the one team, one to the guys.
4: AHL. And, like, you see a lot of other teams doing that, like uh, the Oilers. They have all their young superstars going down. So, like, now all these AHL teams are getting an NHL team, so that's going to be more competitive. Now, now,
1: what is the 21, sending 21 guys down, what what does that do to the salary cap? What does that do to to the financial aspect of the organization? It doesn't
4: affect anything because, like, they're in a lockout. So, technically, I don't know how they get how their contracts work in the AHL, but um, that that remains to be unseen or figured out. But yeah, um still locked out. Um I feel like this one's gonna be a long one, so
1: uh let's hope not. So yeah. uh basically you saw the MSU game this past weekend. Yep. Uh a lot to talk about with that. Uh we're gonna get to a little bit of Lions and Tigers to end the show in a bit, but cabbing off that real quickly before Guna of the Week, also at seven fifty five, uh the receivers just can't catch the ball, David. They nope. really can't. We thought it was Andrew Maxwell, obviously some of his his throws are a little behind. Accuracy debatable week in and week out, but uh, what's the answer, David? Uh, do you is it the defense, Is it De'Anthony Arnett? Does he just need to get more touches? Or? Their
4: offense just hasn't been getting it rolling. They just <coughs> they've been so inconsistent. But I mean, against Ohio State, you saw a little bit better. You kind of felt the momentum and like the energy of the crowd because they're actually getting things done, getting good yardage, making defensive plays as we're as we are known for. But um, I liked. What Maxwell did, he a lot better than what we've seen in previous games. I mean, I, I kind of compare them with, like, the Lions right now. They're, they haven't really reached their potential yet. They can, like, Michigan State has the potential to be good. It's just all these little things, like catching the ball, just right in the bad spot, right in the numbers. It, they haven't really got the ball rolling. That's just my personal opinion, though.
1: No, sure. And besides for getting the ball rolling, how about Calvin Johnson's hit? You know, from Chad Greenway in yes, that game. Yes, I did
4: see that. So, uh, does
1: that issue a fine? Was it really... Uh, obviously, he says he did not intend to hit him that hard. He did not want to. He was just trying to break up the ball. But uh, did you think that was a little bit intended? Was it too hard of a hit?
4: It was, um, yeah. It was It was a good hit. I, in my opinion, it was a pretty hard hit. Um, no,
1: it was a pretty hard hit. But will that issue the fine?
4: Uh, I, think that, I think the NFL is going to do something about it. I mean, because if they don't, then you have to ask questions. How serious are all hits now? Because, I mean, that's borderline how hard it was. It's I mean, it's up in the air. But I think the NFL, I think he's going to get fined.
1: All right. Very good. For those of you just tuning in, we do have David DeFever back in the studio. Uh, great to have him here, of course. Uh, if you do know our question of the week, no one's really gotten the question right yet. Uh, when was the first premier Ocho Zero segment on the Sports Wrap? How many shows, how many weeks ago did we talk about Chad Ocho Zero? Uh, obviously, with, the, with what I talked about at the start of the show, we're finally done. Chad Johnson avoiding an issue, a whole week of media attention. Did not get one week in which the media really rallied on the guy. Uh, we said it from the start of the show, David. You remember the first day we started the Ocho Zero segment. We will talk about it till it's done. We will yeah. talk about it. We will not rest. And officially, it's done. So great that that's all all settled now. Yes. Uh, so we might have to wait till next show if no one really gets the question of the week correctly. Uh, for those of you who do not know. Um, You do have the chance to win a uh, a Kosey gift certificate, courtesy of Kosey. Uh, The Kosey is a continued supporter of the Impact. Obviously, David going out and doing that. Thank you for that, David. Uh, But the Kosey, continued supporter of the Spartan Sports Wrap and Impact 89FM. Uh, We appreciate their continued support. So if you know the question of the week, you need to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap or feel free to call in. 517-432-3893 is the number. Uh, But it's getting to that time, David. It's almost 755, uh, but, but before then, Justin Verlander getting Player of the Week honors. Max Scherzer out with injury. Uh it's the Detroit Tiger team. They're in first place. As you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to stay in first? Is Max Scherzer going to be the up-and-downer for this team? Is he going to be the guy in order to you know really venture far in the playoffs?
4: I think if we have a chance to get past the first round, we're going to need him in the lineup. And... Uh, Right now, he's just got to rest because I think the Tigers will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've surprised us all season, and now finally they're back where they should be. And um, I, but he's he's a big part of that offense. And pitching behind Verlander, that's that's a good guy to uh, you know have a game on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we'll but I do
4: s- agree with Elmo with the whole bullpen type thing and yeah. Valverde and closing out games because when it's close, you never know when it's with those guys. It's, yeah. it's a coin flip.
1: And I said it at the beginning of the year. When Dave was was the host here, mm-hmm. I told him, this is a mini Todd Jones. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't. And I saw, I saw it for certain games. I knew it would came down, come down later. But uh, we'll really see what happens. Obviously, they haven't given him a contract extension yet. Uh, probably will not. Uh, no, if I'm it's my not.
4: they better not.
1: Yeah. So uh, usually, you know, when you're a closer, you have your three, four years. <clears throat> teams start getting a little bit of a read on you. So you know, really, I, I think that a lot of teams have started to read on, on on Jose Valverde, but you know, the guy himself. But uh, let's jump to the phones here just for a second. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but before we jump to the phones, I do want to comment because we do have our Goon of the Week segment at the end of the show. Uh, Our goon of the week this week, as we talked about earlier with Jack, uh, and even after Jack left, Travis Jackson, our goon of the week. He breaks his leg. He's out for the season, while at the same time, being involved with poking the eyes of Jonathan Hankins, the defense to tackle, so while he has been poking Jonathan Hankins, he gets injured at the same time. Uh, what do you think about this goon? What does this say about the sportsmanship of college athletes? Like poking the eyes of a of a player you know who's down on the ground, obviously at the beginning of the pile yeah, uh, what do you think about that
4: uh, that's unnecessary it's karma for him now he 's out for the season i mean it's back and forth you get what you you get what you do, you receive what. I don't know how to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, and and obviously, even with that, uh, there's a lot of other cases that we've seen in many weeks. But before we get more into that, we do have a caller on the line. You are on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from?
0: This is Ryan Dibble, and I am calling from the parking lot at Lake Lake Lansing Park.
1: Oh, very good. Hey, Ryan, great to have you on the show. Uh, Anything you wanted to talk about before we close out the show?
0: Well, uh, one my guess for the Ocho Zero, yeah. uh, now I've amended it to seven weeks ago that you first talked about him. Um, but on a different note, I'd say that Urban Meyer, with the whole um, video scandal that you're talking about, he's yeah. trying to create new rivalries, and he's trying to amend the video debate with MSU from earlier. So he's just trying to draw right away uh, attention.
1: Yeah so with him trying, trying to you know drive away that attention from him, what's the outcome in this, Ryan? Yeah Where do you see the fines going from? I mean, is this really a targeted kind of thing at this MSU football program, or is this they did win the game, or are they just trying to you know really conduct good sportsmanship?
0: Well, I think Urban's a snake uh, personally. Well okay. I think he wants to build as much uh media. Um, attention that he can with Ohio State because they're fairly insignificant since they don't qualify for anything this year. Mm-hmm. So anything he can draw up or any drama he can make, I think he will. And I hope MSU turns around and just, uh, you know, spanks him from here on out.
1: All right, very good. Hey, and I wanted to leave this for the end. You did get the question of the week correctly. Seven is correct. I want to give you a congratulations, Ryan. You can come pick up the for, uh, the cozy gift certificate uh, at WDBM Studios. At the, it's at the basement of Holden Hall. So congratulations. I really appreciate you calling in, taking the time. Hey, Urban Meyer might be a snake. Yeah, that's an opinion. But uh, we'll see you know, if that Michigan State can beat them out for that Rose Bowl spot. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope I hope they can. Football's only one sport, and going on forward, hey, I appreciate you guys and what you do for the university. So, good all the way around.
1: All right, Ryan. Thanks again for calling in. We appreciate your continued support of the sports rep here. Hope to talk to you soon, Ryan. Let's go green this next upcoming weekend.
0: Definitely. Go white.
1: Go white. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye now. All right, David. So, there you have it. Uh, question of the week, obviously, answered correctly. Uh, but, David, to close out the show, last thoughts here. Uh, I do want to hear your predictions for this MSU team. Uh are they going to pull out some wins against Michigan? Is this a Rose Bowl team really? Has your opinion changed at all after uh, seeing Maxwell and, and really just not being, being able to get anything done? I
4: think the Michigan game is going to show a lot in how he responds to that crowd in that environment. But, I mean, it's I'm still up in the air
1: with Michigan State right now. Rose Bowl, too soon to talk. Mm, very, very too soon to talk. Uh, but anyways, I do want to give a shout-out before we end the show. Omri there all the way listening from Israel, very far place to listen to. I uh, appreciate you, of course, your continued support of the Sports Wrap. And for everyone else, I appreciate you tuning in again for another Monday, the 1st of October, a very, very good day to be in the world of sports with everything we've seen, Detroit Lions losses, Michigan State losses. But the Tigers are still in it, David. They still have a chance to make it through the playoffs. But again, we're going to see you next Monday with another edition of the Spartan Sports Wrap. And maybe we'll see another edition with the Tigers in the playoffs. I'm Alex Sharg. And I'm David DeFever. And we will will be back next week.
0: You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact
3: 89FM.